Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Realm Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone. Welcome, everybody, today for our um, podcast. Whoa, I need to just start that whole thing over. (laughs) Words are just coming out of my mouth. Yes. So, hello. (laughs) I was trying to help. (laughs) No, you're you're a very good helper. Uh, Thank thank you, you everyone, for joining us today. Um, We are talking about cooking with beer, which is... uh, an interesting topic because it is one that, uh, Rachel, you can correct me, but since we were just talking about this, uh, one that neither Rachel nor I is terribly confident in our skills with doing. So, you know, one of the reasons we enjoy doing this podcast, there's a lot of reasons, but for us also the process of having to explain something in a clear, hopefully a somewhat clear and concise way um, is a great way to learn it. So, you know, we've been picking topics that uh, one, we think are interesting uh, to talk about between ourselves for you all to listen to. There's a ton of beer topics that are interesting, but probably not so much. So when you, when it's just an auditory, uh, medium and not an actual like visual or tasting but sure cooking with beer is one of those personally I don't have a ton of experience with um, because it seems like it's to me a lot of times it doesn't necessarily seem difficult but will you know it's just I, I haven't done it I don't have a lot of practice yeah, it can be a little intimidating when you don't work in a kitchen all the time you know like be, working in a brewery whether it's you know, obviously you work uh, in, uh, I would say death side, because you're not in the actual brewery, but like, <laughs> death side, yes. like I'm making, <laughs> I'm making beer, but I'm not making food all the time. But just to clarify, this episode is about cooking with beer. We have done, we have done a beer and pairing. Uh-huh. One of the resources that I use today to just prepare for this is actually she has a couple of books, but I use the craft beer cookbook by Jackie Dodd. So Jackie is um, amazing, and I would love to have her as a guest on here one time, Uh, but she has a couple of cookbooks that is all recipes incorporating craft beer. Mm -hmm. You can also find her on social at, she is uh, the Beeroness. She also has a uh, newsletter that she'll send out. So a couple times a week, you'll get recipes with incorporating beer and what I think is super cool about it too is that it is you know you can tell it's something that it's like it's a really gross rainy day outside and you'll get this recipe that's like here's a chili you know or something Mm -hmm. that's going to go with kind of what's going on uh but reading what what is she just like in your area how does she know no but you know (laughs) like it's winter it's winter in North America kind of thing (laughs) it's like today in Atlanta they get this recipe right um (laughs) Yeah, she's very busy. <laughs> she, she tailors it to, to every city. But reading through her cookbooks, one of the things she does, which I know that I've read this before in these books, um, and I guess had kind of forgotten about. So 
when you're reading about all of the different, uh, you know, all the different resources, particularly when it comes to beer, I guess probably when it comes to anything, it is gets very repetitive, right? So at a certain point, you're not learning new information. It's just whether or how well you react to how that person is presenting the information. But one of the things that Jackie does that I haven't seen in other books about beer, about cooking with beer, um, and that could possibly because this is a cookbook, but she lays out the three main reasons why you would cook with beer. And those all encapsulate everything that you had just laid out in terms of how you can use it. So you can use it as a leavener. So something to make your, you know, your bread or your baking product rise. Mm -hmm. You can use it as a tenderizer. So that's where those brines and marinades come in. And you can also use it obviously for taste. And within taste, there are a lot of other kinds of elements to consider, but when you're thinking about cooking with beer and how to incorporate with beer, and again, I'm saying this also as a lesson to myself, that <laughs> it's not, it's not as complicated as yeah. I think it is like reading those things. It's like, okay, yeah. Because like you said, like you can use it as a salad dressing, but maybe not this, or you can use it as a marinade or a brine or in a cake or whatever, uh, you know, it's just like you kind of your head starts spinning, but then to just break it down to you're going to use it as a leavener, as a tenderizer, or as taste. And yeah, each one of those obviously has like subsets. Uh, but like Rachel said, really anything that has a liquid component, in theory, you can replace beer. So one of the things that Jackie says in her book, uh, the craft beer cookbook is like a bread recipe, right? Because beer is made with a lot of the same ingredients as bread. And so if there's a bread recipe that has water as a component, you can replace like one-to-one -one the water with the beer, um, with the asterisk being if when you're finished, it doesn't taste the way you want, then you adjust the beer up or down. Mm -hmm. But since beer kind of has a little bit of a leavening character, you can substitute it. But um, and you can do the same thing with broth. But if you're using beer to replace some sort of a fatty liquid, so cream, whole milk, you need to still substitute some fat in with it because beer is fat free. Yeah. So your recipe would suffer if say you need to have a cup of whole milk and you use a cup of beer instead, it's not going to have as much fat as what the recipe is supposed to call for to keep everything in balance. Mm -hmm. uh, so generally what Jackie uh, recommends that you do is when you're replacing some sort of a fatty liquid with beer, just add about a tablespoon of vegetable oil for every half cup of beer that you're using as a replacement. Vegetable oil, I mean, at that point is you're, you're just adding straight fat without adding flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, so when it comes to baking, like Rachel said, if it's, you know, if there's water, if there's broth, that can be one-to-one. -one. If there's a fatty liquid, you still need to be substituting some kind of fat in with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, talking through this and hearing, hearing you talk about it and us talking about not cooking with beer very often. One of the reasons why I think I don't like to do it is, or not, I shouldn't say that I don't like to do it, but that I find it intimidating is I don't want to cook a recipe and have it not taste good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I don't want to go through all the trouble and then True. I either can't taste this at all, or yeah. I taste it too much, or, you know, I used an IPA and it's too bitter. And 
Like now we don't have, now I have to fi- figure out something else yeah. for dinner or just like choke down whatever I made. And that's also just a personal, I wouldn't say flaw, but maybe an opportunity for me to work on is being okay with not getting everything perfect the first time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I like the, like the recipe book that you're referring to the one I was using to, um, kind of get ready for this is that cooking with beer which I've mentioned before mm-hmm. it's the by Mark Dredge who does the lager book mm-hmm. that we have uh talked about a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should just change this to the lager book podcast <laughs> yeah that sometimes we talk about other stuff and I like it because this guy is like I don't claim to be your beer expert I don't think I know everything I just like this is kind of what I, I I'm a cook I like to cook he's like and this is what I did in my college days you know and he's like he's got you know recipes for that crap lager that your friend left in the in the refrigerator Uh all the way to you know nice belgian double so it's approachable for me it's easy to understand um and not that this stuff is hard in general it's just like when you don't cook all the time or really ever like at me then it's just you need someone to explain it to you sometimes yeah i agree with you and i think it's funny because with us i cook all the time And so (laughs) like, even from two different perspectives of not cooking a lot and cooking a lot, we're both still like, what do you do (laughs) cooking with beer? Uh, So that's like, that's something that I've always really enjoyed. And I try to be in the kitchen doing something almost every day. Like that is a Mm -hmm. goal of mine. When, what am I going to go into the kitchen and make, like actually make, I mean, obviously with the pandemic, we're eating at home a lot more. And we, we usually have anyway, just because cooking is something that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, But still it's like, I, I I don't know how I would incorporate beer. Like I have different recipes for like a pale ale mac and cheese. Uh, But that's, I don't know, to me, I need to be better at just viewing beer as another ingredient to use and not the event. You know what I mean? I think that's part of it too, is like, well, I need to find just the right beer to use. And then what if it doesn't turn out well? And then, you know, I've got, I only need like a a cup of it. So then I've got the rest of this beer and all of that stuff. And I need to just like, just, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have extra beer. Right. No, we've, Jeff, my husband, he'll, uh, he does like a, a lot of gumbo. Like we don't have that many dishes that we cook, but or that most cooks. people don't, you but, know, most yeah. people have like five, five or six. That's kind of like yeah. in the rotation, but we've done that dish with light beer and dark beer. And we find that we like, like more flavorful stouts way more in that dish than we do lagers. Not, not that it's bad. It's just like, wow, the difference. Yeah. And, and we were, we were talking about that before we got started. And I definitely want to tease that out a little bit because I think that, a lot of times, luckily now with craft beer, there's a lot more of things like Jackie Dodd writing recipes, Mark Dredge writing recipes that actually incorporate beer in a meaningful mm-hmm. way. Because up until like 20 years ago, everything was adjunct light lager. So it was like beer can chicken or, you know, whatever, beer, beer bread. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Beer cheese, um, you know, uh, Irish soda bread made with Guinness. And like all of those things are fine. They all have their place. But I find it really interesting that you guys have done what it is I'm talking about, about being scared of is using different beers uh, in the same recipe and noticing how much of a difference it makes. So I guess I'll put you kind of like in a master Cicerone situation right now and ask you how, what are the differences in the flavors and just in the overall dish when you're using a lager versus a stout? 
Well, let me grab Jeff real quick. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. He's being like, you want me to open this bar, brew this small batch, and be on your podcast? <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Um, so the dish itself has got a lot going on, right? It's He starts out by making this roux, which... I don't know, some sort of flour, buon kind of thing. It's got a lot of spice. It's very easy to like burn, apparently. It's mm-hmm. like an art. And then he has um, these vegetables and like a little bit of water. Or it might just be all beer at this point because he gets a lot of water for the vegetables, I think. Yeah. What kind of vegetables? And I'm just asking because oh, yeah. I just don't know that much about gumbo. Well, gumbo I'm not from Louisiana. No, I, I to- <laughs> totally understand. The only reason I know anything I'm about to tell you is because he's from Louisiana. Um, <laughs> no, gumbo, apparently, a traditional gumbo is using the Trinity uh, set of vegetables, I believe mm-hmm. it's called, where it's the green like pepper. Like a mirepoix, yeah. Green pepper, onion. Celery? Green onion and celery. I know that's four, but he always has green onion. So it's, it's celery, onion, and green pepper. I always make them put carrots because I like carrots. Mm-hmm. That's not traditional. But um, and then you can do chicken or sausage or both or shrimp or like whatever you want. I, we always just do chicken because like that I'm picky. And um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So lager is what will lager. In, so it will stew for a long time for like hours, for like three or four hours. And the lager is nice. And it's like you can you just get like a nice tenderized, you know, gumbo, the lager. I can't like necessarily tell you if there's like a lager taste versus a stout taste, but with this, when we use the stout, it's just like so much more flavorful. Like it's just more rich in a way, for lack of a better word. Um, Not like thick or anything like that. It's just like, just more flavorful. I can't tell you why. You just get a lot more beer character because you are here. This is why science. (laughs) because you're evaporating water beer is like 90 percent water right so you're evaporating a lot of that off i mean it's still a water-based dish it's a gumbo but like you are leaving so much more concentrated malt character when you have a stout versus a lager you know you 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 get these dark flavored um you know whatever is in your stout but like a you know more caramelized um flavor if you will not necessarily i will not necessarily from the cooking method, but good. You should. <laughs> and I think that's the biggest difference is because everything that's being left over after the beer is being evaporated a lot, you know, you got really strong concentrated flavors versus where a lager, you don't really have that. You know, you got your malt character and it's nice, but not like deep chocolate or roasted bar, you know, you know what I mean? Dark mired products. Right. So I think that's the biggest difference. On the flip side, like we also do this lager lime tacos where we do a, a lager brine um, for the chicken. And like the recipe like says marinate this for like a day. You know, we, we never do, but we marinate for a couple hours. But it's, it's um, you know, equal parts of it's all lager. They, uh, well, it's half lager, half water, the brine. And then salt and and sugar and then the recipe we do uh like jalapenos and cilantro and lime juice because that's the kind of flavors that we want also from this you know dish so that to me would not be appropriate to do a stout for that you know like you don't want these dark roasted chocolate flavors on your lager lime taco the end product is this nice tenderized chicken 
that is being topped with guacamole and um, like goat cheese and, you know, fresh flavors, corn, cilantro. So that is a huge difference in a beer choice there. You know, you really don't, it doesn't work both ways like that gumbo does. Right. And I think that that's a really, really good point that you bring up is considering intensity. So if you're wondering what kind of beer to use, and this also incorporates a lot of the, you know, something like an IPA is going to be, have an intense bitterness that Mm -hmm. like Rachel said, is going to be there even more so after it's been cooked. So generally you don't really want to cook with something like an IPA or something that's very bitter, but considering the intensities is key when you're trying to figure out a beer. So just like Rachel said, you want something like a nice, light, bright lager when you're cooking with all of these light, bright, fresh flavors. Yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't want a stout. I mean, you could, I, I could see a world where if you had, um, some sort of a taco with like a sofritos or like a um, mole sauce. Mole, yeah. yeah. You know, something then, like that. Yeah. Then maybe that would make sense, but that's not what, especially that's not if what you're doing. going something spicy because those darker malt characters can kind of subdue spiciness, whereas bitter right. might accentuate it. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I think that those, those are two really good examples of something that you guys do every day where, the you make very different decisions on what the beer in it should be so yep, that's all um, we do every good job day. if i was your if i was your proctor if i was your proctor i would i would say thumbs up rachel understands the you're selecting beers for for dishes and is being being the beer as well. and i would leave that room like i just stole a million dollars like i gotcha yeah (laughs) i'm done you can't test me again right (laughs) right so with the the um, making a brine or a marinade i'll just quickly say that that's where that tenderizing Mm-hmm. you know, the, like yeah, the three main like- reasons. So you're tenderizing alcohol on its own is a very good natural tenderizer, but beer is very good because of its alcohol to liquid ratio. So like you said, it's mostly water with just a little bit of alcohol, even a high alcohol beer mm-hmm. is still just a little bit of alcohol. And so that, uh, you know, the, the beer will be able to tenderize, uh, you know, marinate, whatever. And, do that well and add a hint of character. It's not sure. tenderizing yeah. in bourbon or tequila. And I would say if if you're not sure, just match flavors. Like if you have a light dish, do a light lager. Or if you have like a maybe light fish, maybe try like a Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you are using like a clove or something kind of phenolic like as a spice in the recipe. Um, also just to point out beer, when you do cook with it, it really should like, normally you don't need a lot. So you can also enjoy some of the beer or save some for dinner. You could even just save it, put it back in the fridge, like put a piece of foil on it and you can cook with it later, but it should be, um, it should be relatively flat and kind of room temperature also. So when you do cook with beer, go ahead, like pour it, let it sit for an hour. Or if you need it, like right then, like stir it with a spoon or something for a few minutes. So you get that carbonation out. Mm-hmm. That, that's part of it. Yeah, I would say the probably the exception to that is if you're using it in some kind of a batter. One of the reasons why you're using it is because it does have that carbonation in there, and that's going to make mm-hmm. your batter oh, true. Yeah, fluffier. Sure. 
for better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's definitely, um, I, I, and I guess if you're adding it to a batter also, it wouldn't be as big of a deal if it was colder because uh, you know you kind of want that rapid heat to that's part of what's going to make your batter really airy and fluffy uh but yeah i agree anytime i'm cooking with beer it gets you know poured into the measuring cup and left there to warm up to room temperature because also you don't want to add something if you're cooking you know if you add something really cold to something that's cooking you're going to bring that temperature down and that's going to affect how the dish cooks anyway yeah exactly uh, so then, you know, I think the next, and we've t- touched on this in a variety of ways, but kind of that last step or the last reason why you would want to use beer is for the taste. You want it to taste like beer. And there are definitely considerations. Well, I wouldn't say taste like beer, but taste like the, the flavors of the Correct. beer. Correct. Yes. Yeah, not, yes. Not, not that like I just walked into a frat house the day after. Here. <laughs> Wait, you know? no, that, that is what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Skipping dinner at your house. Right. <laughs> this tastes like shame. This, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, this dish tastes like it needs some Pedialyte. But that's but, the thing, yes. too, is like you don't want to like overdo it. You don't need to overdo it. it like you, Like Jen said before, a beer is just one ingredient of the whole spectrum. And also remember a lot of beer will cook out, but if you put it in something like a salad dressing or frosting, the alcohol is still there. Just, yes. Yeah. So just keep that in yeah. mind. And that, that is a very, or... very important point that even when you're cooking with alcohol, some amount of alcohol still remains. Mm-hmm. If it's cooking, so it needs to be, I think it's above 178, like for at least 10 minutes is when the ethanol will burn off. There's always going to be a portion of the alcohol remaining, but that's why you can order something like, I don't know, a, a steak with red wine sauce as a 16 year old and not get carded because you're not going to get drunk it's not an intoxicating level but if you are cooking with beer it is very important that you let people know yeah that you've used (laughs) alcohol to cook like nobody's going to get drunk off of it I know that happened to me once I had made like um it was like tiramisu cupcakes or no it was uh stout brownies actually from Jackie Dodd's uh, beer brownie recipe and, you know, taking those to a new year's party where it was like adults and kids. And one of the moms was like, is there alcohol in this? And I was like, yeah, but like it, it also baked at three fifty. Yeah. It should be fine if it baked. Right. Right. But then realizing like, oh yeah, this is the time that I need to say like, these are stout brownies. It's not going to have an effect on your kid, but as a parent, you should still know that they're eating something that has. We had, we had ice cream for a while here at the brewery because there's this like small um, vendor who ice cream maker and he would make ice cream with our beer, Mm -hmm. sold it and it, the alcohol is still there. It's not a lot, but it's still there. So like every once in a while, a a guy, like I had one guy come here specifically for this ice cream. He had like three kids in his backseat. Like the ice cream was going there. And I was like, well, you should know there are, there is alcohol here. I'm not, I mean, it's not a lot, but you know, it's some, so there, you know, there's an age limit. (laughs) Right. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Take this ice cream. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, generally the longer you cook uh, something with alcohol in it, with beer in it, and the higher the temperature, the less of it that's going to remain. Sure. Yeah. But yes, like you said, 
ice cream, salad dressing, anything that's not being heated above yeah. that 178 degrees. That Fahrenheit. alcohol is not going anywhere. <laughs> right. Right. So just and know. yeah, and if you're using a, you know, a cup of a 5% beer in a gallon of ice cream, exactly. again, that's negligible. You're not going to get wasted off of it, but no. People don't consume alcohol for different reasons. And so, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's why it's important to let people know um, that that was in there. So I know we've talked a lot, we, or we've talked a little bit about carbonation and the role that plays. We've talked about bitterness. Um, one of the reasons why beer, and this goes to what you were saying about using the stout and the gumbo, one of the reasons that makes beer a really good component with which to cook is that it has residual sugar in it. Uh, depending on the style, it mm-hmm. could have a lot of residual sugar or not very much, but you know, just generally with beer, that malt sweetness is balanced by the hop bitterness. Uh, so you wouldn't have a beer that's 100% malt with no hops because it would be too sweet you know, on the flip side, you wouldn't have a beer that, well, you wouldn't have beer if you didn't have any malt in it, but yeah. <laughs> um, if it was just all bitterness with nothing to balance yeah. it, you know, similarly, you wouldn't be able to drink that, but that residual sugar is going to remain at some, at some level in each, in each beer that's there. Um, so with that, it's another interesting thing about it, about that as well as is, is that beer has a higher residual sugar content than wine, which yes. makes sense. You know, we've got fructose yeast likes to eat that because it's a simple sugar. It's also why the alcohol content is higher. Also why you would describe a lot of wines as dry mm-hmm. uh, with beer is just always going to have higher residual sugar. So if you have a recipe that calls for cooking with wine, you can substitute beer for it just also note that it may not the same way. It may not be a one for one substitution just because that beer may have higher residual sweetness. And you can balance that out. Exactly. I mean, like a, a red wine sauce versus a Belgian quad is a great example of right. that difference. You right. Know? Yes, definitely. And um, another thing to note with that along those same lines is that if you're using a beer with a lot of residual sugar, so a lot of residual sweetness, you also need to be mindful of probably not using the same amount of sugar that the recipe calls for. So kind of like if you're substituting Mm -hmm. beer for a fatty liquid, you still need to substitute some fat. If you're substituting a sugary beer for sweetness, then you need to take some of the sweetness away. I would imagine like a milk stout would probably be a good example of that. You have a lot of residual leftover lactose, unfermentable sugar, Mm -hmm. naturally sweet. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to consider, like you said, even almost more than wine because yes. of all these different things. And also uh, just because you like the way a beer s- smells, like the aroma, like like an, a nice IPA might smell of like pineapples and mangoes. Don't use that beer to cook with because you think you're going to get those aromas. <laughs> yeah, like, you're going to boil away all of those aromas. Aromas are going to be the first thing to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are looking for that aroma, like you know, put it, put it in a salad dressing or just put it, the beer in a bottle and spray it on your salad. Yeah. Do a little spritz. You yeah. Know, or put it that. in at the very end, kind of like, think of yeah. it as like aroma hops in yeah. a beer. If dry you hopping. put that aroma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dry beer, just dry, just hop your dry, dry beering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's a really good point to make. And um, again, with the bitterness, just know that as beer is cooked and ethanol evaporates, all of those volatile aroma evaporates, 
uh, the bitterness stays and it gets concentrated. Yes. And that's why, and it's going to be harsh bitterness as yes. well. It's not that pleasant. It's not like balancing bitterness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's going to be like, I don't know, arugula who's like, it's like a hot boyfriend <laughs> left and yeah, uh, for best friend. And it's just very, very, very bitter. It's like arugula. Somebody called arugula rocket. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. That was a bad joke. Yes, but the other thing with hop forward beers that we haven't talked about, we kind of touched on it with uh, marinades and brines, but those make really great pickling liquids mm. because you're going to retain a lot of that aroma. So that's why you'll see a lot of like beer pickles or IPA pickles. That's also really good for mustards. So I have a beer horseradish mustard that I make that is phenomenal it's so good and i use a you know really fresh very hop forward ipa in yeah. it because those flavors are are you know are retained through that process because it's not getting heated up very exactly. much again you're not cooking it you know right. it's all about that and like there's even a recipe in this book that i like that's for a double ipa carrot cake where they use yeah the ipa in the frosting um frosting is very creamy um, the IPA typically, uh, you know, one of the things if you study for Cicerones, particularly second level, is, you know, they drill into you that IPA and carrot cake are a great match. Yes. So, uh, and it comes, you know, due to the fatty acids of the ice cream, it's very uh, creamy, it coats your mouth, IPA will cut through that. Um, it's not unpleasant, harsh bitterness like it could be with some pairings. Um so there are, you know, again, not being cooked. That's kind of the key right. in my mind. Not to say you can't do it. There have been plenty of recipes that, you know, cook an IPA. I, I'm sure people have done. I cannot name one off the top of my head. I just, you know, product of my studying right now. <laughs> so like, but just saying general rule of thumb. Also, when you're going out and just starting with this stuff, just, you know, reduce bitterness. Reducing bitterness is a good rule of thumb when it comes to cooking with yes. bitter beer. Right. And then I think the, the last point to make just about considerations with flavor is acidity. And yes. this is something that I think is really interesting because, you know, beer is acidic, even if it's not an acidic style, like Lambic, like beer is still acidic. It's, it's mm -hmm. less than, what is it like five on the pH scale? So it, mm -hmm. it is acidic. Uh, so that can help lessen the impact of salt, of fat, um, of other acid you're using um, when you're cooking. One of the things that I read, and this I actually read in Beer Pairing by Julia Hers and Gwen Conley, which is a fantastic book. It's also a very good resource I've been told for Master Cicerone. And I will just note, first of all, I'm a vegetarian, but every time I see the cover of this book, it makes me want a burger with blue cheese and onions and all of this stuff on it. <laughs> you do love um, blue cheese. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I know that you don't like blue cheese. I love blue cheese. <laughs> but uh, Jackie Dodd, the, the beer baroness, actually did all of the photography for this book, too. I like it when you show me books. I know. We show each other books all the time. <laughs> like, like, look everybody. at this book I got. Yeah. Wait, hold on. <laughs> so every, everybody listens like, oh, cool cool story about that book. But one of the things that I read in beer pairing about acidity specifically is that the acids, if you have, um, and I shouldn't, so when I'm saying acidity, I'm not talking just about a beer like a Lambic or a beer like a Goose. I'm talking really about any beer because it's going to be acidic. But one of the things that uh, the acids in beer can do is bind to proteins 
So it helps keep the molecules sep separated so they don't clump together. So it helps them uh, stay in suspension also, which is important when you're doing something like a fondue that has a lot of cheese in it is that if you're, if you're adding beer and adding that acidity, the beer cheese fondue will keep your cheese from clumping in that fondue. So the acids keep all the proteins separate and kind of essentially keep it sort of fluffy so they don't just all like clump together. And then the other thing you can do with, uh, with beer, and this is, this is kind of like pickling, I would say it's like a ceviche process. Yeah. That's one of the things I've, I noted was like, with acidity, if you go to cook with it, don't expect it to taste acidic. Right. But like if you use it like with a ceviche where you're kind of like letting it, the ceviche kind of marinate in it, I guess you will get more acidity. Right. Flavor. Right. And, and there's different reasons to cook with acidic beer, not always flavor. But um, if you're looking for that tartness of a goose or a lambic or something like that, you will lose it. If you cook yes. With it. Yeah. I, that's, that's a really good point. And then the, the last item I have in terms of acidity is that, um, so I do a lot of cheese plates. Cheese is a very big part of my life. I know uh, they look awesome. Thank I you. Like, I really liked your dessert <laughs> one. You guys <laughs> want you. you to follow Jen, like her, like Jen, at, um, what, what is your Twitter? Under the Genfluence. Yeah. She makes great plates. <laughs> Really? Thank you. But um, I actually, with that dessert one, I had initially started to cut up a pear to put on it. And I don't really like using things like pears, like apples. Because, because they brown. Right. It, that's, yeah. that's known as enzymatic browning. I totally get. And so if you, you can dip it in something acidic, like lemon juice, lime juice, that will keep mm. it from browning. But you can also use an acidic beer for that purpose. Mm. So that's just an interesting. So what do you just like dip the apple like in a cup of beer or something mm -hmm. and just put it on the plate? Yeah. I like yeah. it. And you, and that's what you do with, um, you know, with lemon juice. So I, yeah. I've known that, that you can dip. I'd rather dip it in beer than lemon juice. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and I've like done it. that before where I like dipped like an apple slice in lemon juice and it does keep it from browning. You just also have an apple slice that has beer on or has lemon on it. So yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I would right. rather have uh, a beer, cool. beer covered apple. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Um, so you can do that with an acidic beer. And so that in that case, I would lean towards a beer that has lower pH mm -hmm. that, that is actually leans more towards being acidic, but mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a lambic or, you know, something on like the far end of the scale. It can just be something that's maybe has a little bit more acidity than your, you know, your normal, like American brown ale or something. Yeah. Imagine you wouldn't want to do like a stout. Like, I just feel like all those flavors would be weird. Right. Maybe you don't taste it. Well, and something with a stout too, like it's still on it's still acidic technically, but it's going to have a but lot of residual sugars. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I don't know that it would be good to, if you're using it to stop something from browning. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, like it. yeah, that's, I think a pretty good overview yeah. of cooking with beer. Like I said, my, yeah. my practice with it has been minimal. I need to be better about it. Um, particularly like in Belgium, there's a, you know, huge beer de cuisine, but they do a ton of cooking with beer. I would hazard to say more so than most other of like the main beer oh, yeah. cultures. Um, 
Well, everything is beer based. I mean, beer is life. Right. Here, let alone in Belgium. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I like I've said, I've got a like a beer. So now I now that we've talked through this, I guess there is some stuff that I cook with regularity with beer. But I have a you know beer horseradish mustard mustard that's amazing. And uh, you made um you made a barley wine like jelly once yeah that was cool. oh man i that was my cheese plate in a bite so this is like tm 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 nobody gets to <laughs> do this but um yes i did use make a uh gummy barley wine yeah that i put on an almond cracker with a little bit of blue cheese and some honey and it was like a cheese plate bite that it it, it was good but it weirded me out because it's like a gummy <laughs> it is you're like hey you want yes. some you're like what the f- no <laughs> what you do yes. to that beer <laughs> yeah it's 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 really easy to do to, and that's where you see like champagne gummies and stuff like it's it's super super easy to make those and i did use some of our uh the i said our your cafe latte stout to make that chutney oh yeah that's right i forgot about that chutney yeah so i guess i i guess i've used it more so yeah. than i feel like i have so one thing better that I enjoy the most about, well, I enjoy everything about eating, but I particularly like snacks. So I also recommend the uh, Jackie Dodd Craft Beer Bites cookbook. So it's all um, like sliders, uh, mini desserts, skewers. It's all designed to be kind of like an amuse-bouche. Yeah. uh, But all made with beer. So there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. Uh, that every time I look through it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like all I'm going to do this week is just cook, cook everything. And then I don't cook anything. I think that probably wraps up this episode on cooking with beer. And thank you for uh, going along with this topic. It's been super helpful for me. Again, it's always just really helpful when you have to explain it to someone yeah. to really like figure out what it is that you feel like you don't understand about the topic. So it's the learning yes. process. It's all part of the learning process. That's we just, right. We just drag you listeners with us. <laughs> so we're almost <laughs> to the end of 2020. And this was the week when Spotify came out with like telling people what all of their, you know, top five, what songs they were listening to, what genres, what artists, what podcasts. And it really meant a lot to me. And I know I sent all of them to Rachel as well to have people like sharing their Spotify where we were in their top five. That's what that was. Yes. I didn't know what that was. That's so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And you know, I, it's, it's kind of cheesy to say this, but I was kind of having a tough week in terms of, I don't know, feeling like I wasn't being listened to. So it was super cool to see all those and be like, oh, that's right. I do have a voice and I have a voice that people listen to. And I have a voice that, even though I don't feel like it in reality, I, I have a very privileged voice. And so do you, Rachel. And there are people out there who I think would very much like to have voices that are amplified the way. I think that's are. why I'm so surprised people listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I, I, it really meant a lot to me. And it, you know, like yeah, I was seeing all of that in a week when I was feeling. Yeah. You know, like I didn't, like, I didn't have a voice. So knowing that people are listening. 
yeah, is very helpful. We would do this anyway. Women will rule the world one day. (laughs) So we're just, just remember that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. The underrepresented will be represented. And it's, it's nice to know that through us doing something that we enjoy, that's helpful for us. I feel like we're helping with some of that underrepresentation and, and bringing that to the forefront, or at least giving people someone to listen to who sounds like them and who has similar experiences to them, which is why we started the podcast. You know, we were looking at beer podcasts and it was all dudes and that's totally fine. And there's a place for that, but I, I didn't mean to get like all vulnerable and everything, but being able able to see that. No, we've, we've definitely made it. Not only do we have a voice I say, but we've made a difference. I mean, two days ago, from if, if you caught our stem episode with danny oliver two days ago she or a couple of days ago she reached out to me to see if i would help teach one of her you know partners business partners for beers giving some stuff in the brewery and the next morning i had the 17 year old girl here who was cleaning my draft lines because i was teaching her how and i was like well this is unexpected turn but i love it you know <laughs> yeah i love that you're so young and that you know everything we did Everything was fine. She didn't participate in anything bad, but um, it was just great. Yeah. Just giving back, just making a difference in little small ways. Like you don't need to, you know, there's so many ways to get into the industry. And uh, I think that is also evolving even from when we first had our episode about how to get into the industry. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, so it's really cool to, to feel like we're a part of that for, for people. So making the change. Yeah, that's right. We're doing the fucking work, you know? That's right. <laughs> I mean, running that homebrew con, us females, 41 knows it. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, thank you everyone for listening. We really mean it. It's not just something that we say at the end to signal to each other that we're done talking. <laughs> <laughs> we really do. It, it really is very much appreciated that all it's of awesome. you listen. Um, please, if you've got a couple of minutes, uh, subscribe to us rate review um you know even it's just like this is great that's that's all it doesn't need to be like the super in-depth thing if you've got a super in-depth thing to say about us that is fantastic Uh, but that helps other people learn more about us that helps us be more visible in those spaces um particularly in the beer brewing space and you know it of course sharing us telling people about us on social media at false bottom girls that's awesome it's really cool to see somebody mention us and then see followers yeah you know, start to, starting to get followers and um that that's just a really cool impact to be able to see um that i know as listeners you don't you don't get to see if you're sharing our podcast you know I see that we immediately have five people that followed us because of you and uh, just know that that is, you know, you do have an impact on that. And I guess in in our own ways, each of us has a voice mm-hmm. and social media gives us a platform. It's kind of a, it can be a great equalizer. Anyway, I am just very philosophical right now about no, it's all of this. <laughs> We're also on that note, still looking for a sponsor. So anyone who works for a big beer company, <laughs> that in mind sponsor 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 we are your girls <laughs> we are your false bottom girls that's right so we make the rockin wait shit it's been yeah a while. we make it the rockin world blue <laughs> round that's that's how it goes we make the brewing 
world go round. Yes. It's been a while. If you tell, we use that recording a lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, We do make the Bruin world go round. Thank you everyone again for listening. Give us a follow at False Bottom Girls on Instagram and Facebook and feel free as always to reach out to us on there or to send us an email at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. This has been False Bottom Girls and we make the Bruin world go round.